Welcome to episode number 66 of the Marine Layer podcast. We have our reliever grades for the 2023 season. Short episode today, but we will take a look at the Mariners' bullpen and see how they fared. This show is brought to you by Pagacha's Pub 85. That's Pagacha's Pub 85 in Kirkland. It's east of 405. It's got some awesome food, including some great pizza. It's got great drinks. There's 22 TVs in the place. So with sports going on, what do we say? October's the best sports month of the year. And that is a fact here on this podcast. So if you're looking to enjoy that, go spend some time with your friends and family at a really awesome spot and go over to Pagacha's Pub 85 and do so. If you do, show up early too, because guess what happens if you show up early, especially on the weekdays? There's happy hour specials Monday through Friday, 2 to 6 p.m. That includes $3 domestic beers, $4 Manny's Blue Moons, $4 Mac and Jacks, $4 Wells, $4 house wines. So grab your friends, grab your family, go watch some games. Go spend October watching sports over at Pagacha's Pub 85. We can't recommend it enough. And your reminder before we start the show to download our episodes, follow us, and leave us a five-star review if you're listening on our audio platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. If you're listening over there, go do all those things. The reviews and the downloads truly do help us out. So just take a couple extra seconds to do that. Watch us on YouTube too. Some of you probably already are, but if you're listening, Go watch on YouTube where we have a video side to the podcast. You can like, comment, subscribe, turn the notification bells on when you're over there, and then follow us on social media. We're going to be active now. We're going to be active tomorrow. We're going to be active all off season. So check us out there on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube shorts at Marine Layer Pod. Let's get it rolling. We welcome you to this episode of the Marine Layer Podcast, part of the Just Baseball Podcast Network, recording this episode here on Wednesday, October 11th. When you're listening to this, Lyle and I will be on vacation, so uh, don't hit us up. We're busy. Look at, looking forward to this trip for sure, but before we get to that trip, had to make sure we had you guys covered and complete our 2023 season grades for the Mariners, and today we will finish out on the bullpen. But first to start, I'm sure we're having a good time right now. I wonder, wonder exactly what we're doing. Well, by the time this is posted and released, we'll have seen the Rangers play at the Garden, so we will have been to Madison Square Garden for the first time in our lives. I would say it was awesome. Well, I've been Go there Rain- before. No, this will come out Friday. We'll have been there Thursday. Yeah, so we'll have gone there. I've been there. I'm going to say I've been there before. Oh. You said... You haven't been? I have. Or, or sorry, sorry. You have been? Is what yes. I'm getting okay, well, I have not. So this will okay. be the first for me. I'm looking forward to it. So it'll be my first time to the Garden. TJ has been. Go Rangers. Uh, let's just put it out there. They won. They won. If we're wrong about this when this comes out, then oops. Oh, well. But we went to the Rangers game. We're going to say we had a blast. And I'm sure, like TJ said, when you're listening to this, we are having a good trip. See, TJ's in a grumpy mood. He, he's saying, don't hit us up. I'm going to say on my end, if you still want to talk Mariners, I'll be on my phone during the trip. If you really want to send us something or send me something, I'll answer it. I'll respond. So hit us up if you want, although we will be, jo- we will be enjoying our trip. Well, we might be a tad bit busy. I think there's one thing I could guarantee I'm doing by the time this podcast episode comes out in a little over a week. Uh, I'll be drinking Dunkin' Donuts, which is my happy place. I think I will be very... What's what's the right word for it? 
content. I'll be satisfied. Oh. I think I'm going to be very satisfied with my presence on Friday morning when a lot of people are listening to this episode because I'm going to have Dunkin' Donuts and a New York City bagel. And there's nothing better than that. So that's my what flex. Do, what do I say? Better than that awful, awful establishment of Starbucks, which we boycott. As we currently sit, there's, there's two things we're boycotting. Starbucks, which always, and we're probably sitting here boycotting the ALCS at the time of this podcast. Why? I ain't watching Rangers Astros. If, if, if we've been at a bar at this point and it's on, my back's to it. Yeah, I ain't watching it. I love the stand, Lyle. I love it. I'm not, I'm not planning on watching it either. I haven't gotten to watch a ton of playoffs, but definitely not watching that one. It's no, I, I can't do it unless they fight. They almost fought this season that I would tune in to watch. But baseball wise, I don't think I'm going to do it. Let's get to our reliever grades, Lyle. Throughout the season, Mariners bullpen, another excellent season. And we'll start off what I think both you and I agree was the best reliever in this 2023 season. Matt Brash, what's your grade? Matt Brash gets an A. Look, his season was not perfect. He was a little bit up and down at times, as most relievers would be. But when you put up a 227 FIP, when you put up nearly 14 Ks per nine, and when you rank fourth among all relievers in F war, that is an A. Matt Brash did everything they could have expected of him and more. His expected numbers really jumped all across the board, which was nice. We saw his fastball get another gear this season as well, which is a nice development for him. Even if the results really weren't there, his fastball wasn't a true out pitch. We've, we've highlighted before how his fastball really isn't a true elite fastball, even though he throws it hard. It just doesn't have elite physical characteristics outside the velocity. His slider, though, I mean, really really popped some ridiculous numbers this season, better than it was a season ago. I mean, we're talking about an expected slugging of under 240, uh, an elite XWOBA as well, 48% whiff rate on that slider this season, and a 44% strikeout rate. He did get a little unlucky this season, really unlucky, especially early in the season, finished the season with a batting average on balls in play of about 380. But for a number one reliever in this bullpen, maybe you'd want to see his stats a little bit better, which is why he doesn't get an A+. He just gets an A. The inconsistencies led to a little bit of an inflation of his ERA. At times, you get a little bit wild. His strikeout rate dropped month by month as the season went along, which you'd want to see that stay plateaued. But in the end, he was the fourth best reliever in baseball by F4. And you can't ask too much else of Matt Brash, if that's the case. So your grade for him was an A. You might not have It was. Okay. So, so A's across the board for Matt Brash. Yeah, he had a great year. Super weird. I kind of remember this period of time and I don't know, May, where there were some Mariner fans claiming he should, I don't know, be sent to Tacoma. Yeah, that was a real take from several fans across Twitter. It's kind of a good thing they didn't do that because considering he was their best reliever, they needed it. That would have been a bit of a sticky situation for Scott Service. If there's one thing I think maybe he, if he's really going to become an elite, 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 like Felix Bautista level reliever, he was kind of pedestrian against lefties this season. Lyle. I mean, here are these numbers against lefties. His strikeout rate was barely above league average, 25.4% strikeout rate against lefties. His walk rate was nearly 11%. His FIP was two and a half runs higher against lefties than it was against righties. And that all that was with a BABIP that was actually lower against lefties than it was against righties. 
just like it doesn't feel quite as confident for a dominant reliever to actually not be dominant against some lefties he's facing. That's probably because he doesn't have a pitch breaking away from lefties. He throws a slider in on their hands. He'll occasionally corkscrew one like he did with Jose Ramirez. But when you rely on your fastball a little bit more against lefties and your slider is not quite as strikeout pitch against lefties as it is against righties, that leads to some inconsistencies in his stats and eventually leads to some outings like we've seen him have where he doesn't throw strikes or he gets hit around a little bit. So I'd say that's one thing that if Matt Brash is going to take that next step, that's what he's got to attack. I think that's all fair. I wonder if those numbers against lefties just kind of flatten out next year in the sense of maybe they just correct themselves. Maybe not. Maybe it's just lefties have a little bit of an edge on Brash, which is possible. But I also wouldn't be shocked if it just kind of gets more even here in 2024. But overall, like we've said about all the guys that we give A's to and still talk about the downsides with, we're nitpicking. We're talking about a guy that was objectively one of the five to 10 best relievers in baseball by, again, by F4, he was fourth. Ks per nine were third among relievers. This, this guy's awesome. He is, and he's going to be in this bullpen a long time. So look forward to seeing much more Matt Brash. Oh, by the way, Brent Rooker, shout out for Matt Brash. So Brent yeah, Rooker, yeah. he's been way more active on Twitter recently, which is pretty cool. And, and I think he started to engage with a lot of fans. Seems like an awesome guy, by the way, Brent Rooker of the A's. And a couple things he said this week, well, he had three tweets that just, warmed our hearts. Number one, his favorite road ball, ballpark, T-Mobile Park, he said, in Seattle. He said he loves it. There's number one. Number two, somebody asked, what stats do you use to try to evaluate your game? He said, I like to use hard hit rate, chase rate, walk rate, like, like all these baseball savant numbers. He said, I know a lot of people aren't going to like to hear that, but it is very indicative of my game. And I said, power to you, Brent Rooker, standing and, and up for the analytics nerds. I was going to say, he's like, these are the stats I can control. Which huh? is the, the biggest point he tried to make. Yeah, which is great. And number three, the whole reason we bring this up, somebody said, what's the toughest pitch you've, yeah, the toughest pitch you've had to face so far in, in your career or this season. He said, it's Matt Brash's sweeper. And he said, honestly, I couldn't even characterize it as that. Whatever that guy's throwing should be in a whole different stratosphere, a, a whole different stratosphere in terms of a category. So he's getting shout outs around the league. All we hear about Matt Brash is just how good his stuff is. So shout out to you, Matt Brash. This fall, stream your favorites and discover more with Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus together. Watch the highly anticipated new season of Loki and see the ghosts materialize in Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus. Catch more frights with the Boogeyman and American Horror Story Delicate on Hulu. And on ESPN Plus, get into the action with college football and NFL. All of these and more streaming now. Get the Disney Bundle with plans starting at $9.99 a month. Plans with ESPN Plus starting at $14.99 a month. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Okay, Andres Munoz, reliever number two. What grade did you give him? A minus. It was close. The, when I think about this, it could have been worse and it could have been better because if we are, it depends how you, depends how, how you're grading Andres Munoz. I graded him in the looking not how he performed last season. I graded him how he stacked up in this bullpen this year, which you look at his overall numbers were good. His ERA was not right next to his expected ERA. He struck out 32% of the batters he faced. His FIP was 2.7. 
Those are all things you love to see among relievers with 40 innings, 22nd strikeout rate, 18th and FIP. So very good season for Andres Munoz. If you want to make a case that his grade should have been lower, it's the fact that he was as good as he was this year, significantly worse than he was last season. We came on this podcast and said at the beginning of the season, our expectation for Andres Munoz is for him to be a top five reliever in baseball. He wasn't a top five reliever in baseball. I don't really think he was close to a top five reliever in baseball this season, which stunk. He lost pretty much all effectiveness in his slider this season. And yet he's so talented that he still managed to put up an A minus season in our in our eyes. And the stats would reflect it as well. I also gave Munoz an A minus. So we're two for two on similar grades here. And and by the way, for those curious, TJ and I don't tell it. TJ and I do not tell each other what our grades are of each pitcher before we do these. We like it to be kind of a surprise on the show. So then we compare notes, but we are two for two. I think everything you've outlined is more than fair for why he gets a good grade. I think there's also a lot to be outlined, which you also talked about for why he was not as good as he was a season ago. Along with, I'll add one more thing that his walk rate was way up. He was walking way more guys this year than he was a season ago. So that didn't help him. And obviously that led to more traffic on the base pads. We saw Munoz get into a lot of close calls late in games this year when he was trying to close games out. And a couple of them, he blew a couple of them were just very, very high pressure situations where it was right on the brink and, and he just barely found a way to notch out a save. But yeah, he just wasn't quite as crisp as he was last season. And part of that's because of the walks. Part of that was because the slider wasn't as effective. So you'd hope some of those things could kind of get fixed in the offseason. To Munoz's credit, however, he still pitched the way he did, which was very well, considering he had essentially no spring training. He missed most of the first two months of the year. He pitched in the first couple series and then went on the IL for about two months. And he didn't really get a shot to adjust to the pitch clock either, which I heard him say in an interview was a little bit of an adjustment. Like imagine if you're Andres Munoz, you didn't pitch a game in spring training, so never got to see the pitch clock there, pitched in a couple of big league games where he got a little bit of experience with it. And then between having the lingering foot injury and also coming back and having to adjust to the pitch clock, having the season he did. He deserves some credit for that, and I wouldn't be shocked if he totally flushes this next year. Just to put in context of what happened to his slider last year, his slider was one of the best pitches in baseball. It was a plus 20 run value on baseball savant. This season, plus three. That's a major drop-off for what we consider an elite, elite pitch. If you look on another plus side, though, his fastball went from subpar last year to actually plus this season, improved his fastball with across the board with expected stats, expected batting average, expected slugging, K percentage and whiff percentage. And I think it paired really well with the sinker he added as well, started throwing that a little bit more to kind of offset the ineffectiveness of his slider this season. So an ideal world next year. He has that sinker, which graded out positively. He has the fastball, which was improving in 2023. And he has a slider that hopefully regains 80% of its 2022 value. That would make Andres Munoz, that would vault him back into a top five reliever spot. But that's the the level we hold Andres Munoz at. And when he doesn't hit it, he gets dinged for it because we know he's better than being outside the top five. 
Could you imagine if he has all three of those pitches working in full force next year? If his fastball stays this good, if his sinker stays this good, and he gets his slider back? What does that Andres Munoz look like? It eliminates most of the the damage risk against him. Because if you throw that slider more, you might put a bat on it, but you're not doing any damage with that swing. If you're going to have success against Munoz, it's going to be all luck-based. Because... You know, when his slider's on, you're not hitting that. When he's pumping 101 with that fastball and it's at its peak, you're it's really hard to barrel up 101 mile an hour fastballs. And oh, by the way, when he's throwing a 98 mile an hour tailing sinker off the outside corner to lefties, yeah, I don't know if you're really doing much damage with that either. What what do you plan on hitting? He would be one tough dude to hit. Not that he's not already, but if he gets that slider back next year. And get some of his command back a little bit. We're talking about a guy who can be the best reliever in baseball. The number one reliever in baseball. If he does all those things. Because he is that good. Before we get to our next reliever here. Let's talk about the Columbia Athletic Club. Our friends over at the Columbia Athletic Club. Juanita Bay. It's a full service family owned athletic club in Kirkland. That's been inspiring healthier lives since 1981. Amenities include all new strength and cardio equipment, free weights, basketball and squash courts, saltwater pools and hot tubs, along with so much more. Included with your membership are group exercise classes with the likes of yoga, Zumba, bar, group power, and cycling. The best promotions of the year start now through the fall season. Get started with a free five-day trial at ColumbiaAthletic.com. That's ColumbiaAthletic.com. So Justin Topa. Yeah, Justin Topa. What's your grade? Topa gets an A. We're talking about a guy who started the year in the minor leagues and come season's end, there is a real argument, which we made on this podcast, that he was the best reliever among Mariners bullpen arms this year. There's a fair argument for Brash. I think there's also a fair, fair argument for Topa too. As a result, both those guys get A's. 261 ERA for Topa, 293 XERA, got a ton of ground balls. That sinker was deadly. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that was like an earthworm in terms of not giving up any hard contact or anything in the air. 94th percentile in ground ball rate. And he was also 97th percentile in barrel percentage. So nobody hit him hard. Nobody put it in the air against him. And he had a 261 ERA for the year. What a guy the Mariners found in that Brewers trade. Yeah, he gets an A. I give him an A too. You get an A if you remember who they traded him, traded for him. Who the Mariners gave up? Yeah. It was Joseph Fernandez. Yeah, okay, good. So you get an A. Come on, I'm well, not a I'm not a casual. When you can get this kind of production trading Joseph Hernandez away, you're gonna take it. You're gonna take it any day of the week. Limiting damage. Not again, not an elite strikeout guy, but when you talk about getting soft contact and ground balls with the top tier of baseball, I mean, that's what Justin Topa did. This bullpen outside of Matt Brash really became a sinker bullpen, limiting damage, limiting hard contact, limiting home runs, things that will crush you as a bullpen. And nobody epitomized that more than Justin Topa. When you scan, when I scan through these relievers, when we're doing our grades, the Mariners like having guys who are just elite at something. Every, all these guys are elite at something. For example, Justin Topa was elite at 
for his expected ERA was elite, but he was also elite at limiting barrels. He was elite at generating ground balls. He was not elite at getting whips. He was not elite at getting chases, but that's fine because he had other elite traits. And when you mishmash all these mixed elite traits together, it sometimes spits out a pretty good bullpen. And Justin Topo is just the start, as we'll get into the other guys, of what a unique and good bullpen is from guys that were on the baseball scrap heap. It is interesting how this Mariners bullpen has evolved because three years in a row, they've been a great bullpen. But even look at the difference in arsenals between last year and this year. The 2022 bullpen, they were so slider heavy. Munoz, big slider. Brash, big slider. Seawald, great slider. I mean, these are all sweepers. I mean, Seawald especially was a sweeper. Penn Murphy, big sweeper. All these guys in 2022 were throwing it. Matt Festa, big sweeper. But then all of a sudden you get to 2023 and you look at Munoz's sinker. You look at Topa's sinker. You look at a bunch of these guys that, like you were mentioning, were sinker heavy. Yeah, it led to more ground balls, but they were just as effective, if not more effective. It's interesting how it's evolved, but it's evolved in a very good way. Now, Gabe Spire. Oh. Now, if I'm talking about elite traits, he's got them too. But first, what's your grade for him? I gave Gabe Spire a B plus, and it was close. I think the ERA for Spire as a whole at three seven nine knocked it down a little bit because that is that is higher than the guys we were giving A's and A minuses to. Along with the fact Spire didn't have a great September, four fifty ERA in the month of September when they really needed him, but. This is a guy that did a lot of things really well, and I'll let you get into that. I said elite traits, right? Mm-hmm. And I, we just highlighted Topa's. Like, oh, well, Topa's elite traits, he's not elite at getting chases or whiffs. You know who's 100th percentile in chase rate? Gabe Spire. You know who's 77th percentile in whiff rate? Gabe Spire. What about strikeout rate? 89th percentile. What about on top, walk rate on top of that? 72%. Gabe Spire led... Every pitcher in baseball with a minimum of 50 innings pitched in first pick strike percentage. I think it was a little over 76%. Kirby, by the way, George Kirby, shocker, among all qualified pitchers, was first in that category as well. So talk about what made Gabe Spire special. Throwing a ton of strikes, getting a ton of whiffs at a good rate, getting a lot of guys to chase, getting his strikeouts. I mean, you you claim this guy off of waivers, comes into your bullpen and strikes out 29% of his batters while walking just 5%. By the way, among relievers in strikeout minus walk rate, he was only behind Matt Brash in the Mariners' bullpen, and he was 13th in baseball. That's another guy who you find traits that work in your bullpen and insert him in, and he works out. And that's why he gets a B-plus for me. I would call Gabe Spire the chase rate king a lot of this year because he was that 100th percentile. He got guys to chase pitches, which was awesome. Yeah, his ERA was a little high, but you know what? His XFIP was a lot better than his ERA, so some of the underlying numbers were better. And you mentioned it. He struck a bunch of guys out. The Mariners didn't have any lefties in the bullpen in 2022. And to start 2023 on opening night, they didn't have any lefties either. Now they do. In fact, they've got two of them. Both of them were really effective. One of them being Gabe Spire, who got a ton of guys to swing and had a really, really good year. I mean, this feels like a profile that can sustain. Last thing on Spire for me, 
finding something with Gabe Spire, not just some of the results he had, but his fastball ended up being sneaky good. I didn't even realize how good his fastball was this year. At the end, the results are a 128 average against and a 231 slugging against his heater that averaged 95 miles an hour and was his primary strike throwing pitch. 35% whiff rate on that pitch. Some elite traits right there. Really elite traits. Again, another way this bullpen's evolved. No lefties in 2022. They had two good ones in 2023. Speaking of good lefties, let's get to the second southpaw in this Mariners bullpen. Taylor Saucedo. Too much sauce. What do you got for what do you got for Taylor's grade? He gets a B from me. Another guy. There's some elite traits here. Taylor Saucedo this season was elite at limiting hard contact. 94th percentile in average exit velocity of this season. Didn't allow barrels. Didn't allow hard hit baseballs. Got a ton of ground balls. Had good extension as well. Ended the season with a 3.59 ERA. Probably a little high for a high end reliever. Only racked up uh, 0.2 Fangraphs wins above replacement. They claimed him off of waivers from the Mets. Again, when you can get results like this from waiver claims and they end up being a very crucial part of your bullpen and serving a role like Saucedo did where he comes in, he limits hard contact and he gets a bunch of ground balls. And in in the end, he was the sixth reliever in the bullpen this season. When Seawallow's in it, he was the sixth guy. And you have a sixth guy generating all these ground balls and limiting all this hard contact. It ends up working out pretty well and you earn yourself a good grade. I gave him a B plus, so I went a little bit higher and some of his expected stats were not great, but you just look at his baseball savant page and for some of the stuff you just outlined, the way he wouldn't give up hard contact, the way he got so many ground balls, so impressive. Again, picked up from the Mets, started in Tacoma, him, Topa, and Spire all started the year in Tacoma. And all three of these guys became very valuable and reliable bullpen pieces. For Saucedo, yeah, I gave him a B plus. I think I think he earned it. There was so much of his profile that played so well into the Mariners' strengths. Again, for a guy that got a lot of ground balls the way Topa did and limited hard contact, benefit is huge for the Mariners. I think there's ways he can still get better. I think similar to Andres Munoz, Saucedo could cut his walks down a little bit. And that's Something that maybe didn't give him the A grade or A minus grade is there would be some start outings here and there, I should say, where Saucedo would come in. He just wouldn't really have it with the command. And sometimes Scott had to go out there and yank him early and leave traffic on the bases. But look, no reliever's perfect. And and yeah, I think Saucedo had a great year. Another guy with a profile that plays for a long period of time. So I, I think that people have got to be pretty happy with what he did this year. Before we get to our final reliever here in our reliever grades, let's hear from Simply Seattle. If you like Pacific Northwest theme gear, if you like Mariners gear, if you like Sonics gear, if you like Seahawks gear, Huskies gear, all the best Pacific Northwest themed gear, you can go to Simply Seattle. You can go to simplyseattle.com or you can go to one of their stores in the Seattle area. Use our code MARINE15 for 15% off your order. All sorts of stuff, hoodies, shirts, specialty gear, anything you could want, sports or Seattle slash Pacific Northwest related, go to simplyseattle.com and use our code MARINE15 for 15% off your order. Good friend of the podcast. Happy to have Simply Seattle along for the ride. Okay, 
final reliever, Isaiah Campbell, what's your grade? Another B+. I think there's things that Campbell can certainly work on, like some of these relievers. Another guy who probably walked a few too many batters, but there was a lot of things he did really well for a guy that became very dependable as the year progressed. Nobody really hit his slider very well. You're talking about a guy that gave up a 137 batting average against that pitch. He had a 283 ERA. He was punching out 10 batters per nine. That's a pretty good profile for a reliever. So for a guy that was making his inaugural season in the show and was called upon late and started to get a bigger and bigger role as time went on, I was pretty impressed with what Isaiah Campbell did. It was fun to see his slider really develop into maybe not an elite, elite pitch, but he ended up with a plus six run value and hitters hit just 137 and slugged 157 on his slider. What I thought was interesting about the balance of it is that he didn't get a ton of whiffs on it. It was under 30%, and usually an elite slider, you're looking at a Matt Brash level like 48%. That was not Campbell's case, but he didn't let many guys reach by swinging at a slider. For a guy who didn't have many expectations coming into this year to come into this Mariners bullpen and have a 2.83 ERA and you know just a third of Fangraph's wins above a replacement, you, you'll take it. He's He is the last guy in the bullpen and probably the last guy in the bullpen next season as well for a, however they add to this this bullpen. But, you know, when you you throw 95 and you have 91st percentile spin on your fastball and there's a little bit of growth in that profile as well, I think you'll take that alongside the, the slider, which got good results this year. And he got more consistent as the season came along. He had some outings where he looked really, really, really good down the stretch and a guy like the Mariners could rely upon if they needed to in a higher leverage situation. So your grade form was? Man, I'm on a roll with this. B. <laughs> B. Okay, so you gave Campbell a B. I gave him a B plus. I don't think he's going to be the last guy in the bullpen, by the way. Because So just to be clear, we're highlighting the main six relievers that the Mariners use this year. There will be a few more guys in the bullpen than that. We decided with this, okay, like Trent Thornton, Edward Bizzardo. Dominic Leone, even Devin Sweet, Ty Adcock. What was your Dominic Leone grade? Oh, he probably gets like a D. Really? (laughs) All right, maybe. What are you giving him? Maybe higher. No, I thought you were going to give him a lower grade than that. No, I mean, it's probably like he wasn't. He wasn't very good. But um, (laughs) I I, I can't put him on the Colton Wong, AJ Pollock level quite. But well, the way you were talking sometimes, uh, I thought it was pretty close. I I thought Baroa should have been on the roster, but that's just me. Anyway, we're not going to give every single reliever that pitched for the Mariners this year a grade. Like, again, like even even though there was guys that ended the year on the team, like the Thorntons or Bizzardos or the Devin Sweets or the Ty Adcocks that pitched in the summer. Yeah, we're not going to give all those guys a grade because these were the main six. So of the main six, would Campbell be the last? Probably, at least right now. But I don't think he's going to be the last guy in the bullpen next year unless they really go add some pieces that just blow you away. I think he'll oh. have a decent role. Is If Barrow is in the bullpen, would you put Barrow over him? Not to start, but maybe by, by mid-season. May. Yeah, or, I mean, depending how good, on how good he looks, yeah. So that would leave somebody else. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Campbell's not the last guy. Again, I, I think Campbell was pretty good. And if he keeps he getting was. better... He, he might get used in higher leverage. Paul Sewold, by the way, got an A for me, and he's doing great. Yeah. 
yeah, he'd get an A for me too. Guy was striking out 12 per nine in Seattle and he had a sub three ERA. He was, he was awesome. We love Paul Seawald. Overall though, good season for the Mariners bullpen. And we think about these three contending seasons, 54 and a half percent, by the way. Three different bullpens, three different structures, three different philosophies, three different groups of guys, and yet three three good results for the Mariners, three seasons in a row. And based off of this, we're going to expect another good unit next season. Whoever they bring in before the start of next year, just pay attention because you never know who's going to be a high leverage arm in this bullpen. I remember when the Mariners traded for Justin Topa. We talked about it here on the podcast. It was a story. And we said, circle all these names. Remember all these names because you don't know which one of these guys is going to be a high leverage guy. Here we sit in October and we say, oh, yeah, Justin Topa, he might have been the Mariners' best reliever this year. Think about it. Like Isaiah Campbell was the highest touted of any of these guys in this bullpen. Matt Brash, an unknown pitching prospect from Niagara. Andres Munoz was a throw-in in the uh, in the uh, the the Austin Nola trade. Justin Topa traded for a minor league reliever. Uh, I think technically had his rookie eligibility last year at age twenty nine. Gabe Spire was claimed off of waivers. Taylor Saucedo also claimed off of waivers, and Isaiah Campbell was a second-round pick. So He was like a comp pick in the second round or something like that. Yeah, Right. So he was the highest profile of all of them. It it doesn't matter the profile. You find something you like. You find those elite traits like the Mariners have had. You stick them in the bullpen, and good things happen. Keep it rolling. If the Mariners can keep putting out bullpens like this every year, they're going to have an advantage a lot of the time. So. Keep it rolling. Nobody's complaining over here. Yeah, so short show today, huh? Yeah, I'm not complaining. No. Again, we're on vacation right now, so I'm sure I'm sure we're having a blast. So I'm sure hope you guys are having a blast while listening to this yeah. as well. That's our very short speak your mind is we're on vacation and it's probably a bunch of fun. So there we go. We can, I'm sure we'll fill in more when we have our next speak your mind when we're actually back from the trip and can recap what actually happened rather than kind of guessing what happened while we're sitting here, but also half knowing because we have a bunch of stuff planned out. So yeah, that's our speak your mind. We're enjoying vacation and hopefully you guys are enjoying your time too, doing whatever might, doing whatever you might be doing. So at that, we'll just about wrap it up and we'll get back to our trip, I guess. So that wraps it up. That'll just about wrap up this edition of the Marine Liar podcast. You guys know the drill. You want to listen to the full form podcast, you can do so on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. If you do that, follow us, download our episodes, leave us a five-star review. Reviews, downloads help us out a ton, so take some time to do that. Watch on YouTube. We've got a video side to the podcast. Head over there. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and turn our notification bells on. That's all over on YouTube. And then go follow us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube Shorts, at Marine Layer Pod. That's TJ. I'm Lyle. As always, we thank you guys for tuning in. Talk to you soon.